Good morning, folks. Afternoon, evening, good life, good month, good year, good health, good happiness. Good day to you. I hope you're doing fantastic. I trust you are. And I want to talk about today uh, a topic which is relevant once you start going down this path, particularly with nature and, and more in the direct sense as opposed to the analog analogous sense, right? Like, meaning that I've been using um, the garden as an analogy for yourself, for your consciousness. Um, but um, in the more direct sense of actually getting in touch with nature and being a part of nature and feeling like you're a connected to nature and like you're an extension of nature, um, I want to talk about something in regards to that today. And that is, it's going to, it's going to tie in and stem into our analogy of the garden as self, of you being this ecosystem, you being this, uh, you as a garden and how you cultivate yourself to grow. Um, but the topic is in regards to what people sometimes call like rewilding or like <coughs> excuse me <coughs> excuse me getting back into um your like more raw self or, or or natural self or back in touch with nature in a very elemental way um and that is uh something that is a really natural reaction for people nowadays um, and probably throughout time in, in many different ways, but especially particularly in regards to big cities and big developed uh, uh, society and culture, uh, we have these big setups, these big cities, these big um, developments, and you know when you're living inside of that and you're born and raised inside of that, you, people go their whole entire lives without actually knowing what nature really is. They, all they know about nature is, is that like there are trees that grow between sidewalk cracks. Um, <clears throat> and, and their understanding of nature isn't connected with nature, it's connected with the you know, concrete scape we've built on top of that. And so um, there's a disconnection from nature. And that disconnection creates this drive to reconnect, right? Because you're so disconnected, you're like, God, I got to reconnect to something. So a lot of the times, and on a deeper level, we want to connect into the source of the universe. Everybody wants that. Everybody wants to deeply plug into the most deepest space possible in this lifetime. Um, and one of the first avenues on the way towards achieving that is connecting through nature. Um, it's not the final stop, but it's one of the stops along the way. And when we start connecting through nature, a lot of the times, a lot of the times people are, are, looking, are looking for that. And so they'll go into the other extreme. And I want to discuss today what it means to have that balance and what it means to have uh, basically this, this life where you are you are a, a master over nature. You can manipulate nature, yet you're an extension of it. So you don't have 
complete manipulation and control over it because you are not God. Um, you're still a human being. But you do have control and mastery over it to a certain extent. God, uh, Hashem, as we call it, in, as we call him in Judaism, um, source, you know, whatever you want to call it, the universe, great spirit of this life, whatever you want to call it, um, has given man certain capacities and functionality in this world. We have the ability to rule over nature. You can clearly see that. We are not in the food chain. We are above the food chain. Um, and, uh, you know, people can argue that, like, different things like mushrooms are controlling the, the world and different things like that. But you can clearly see that humans have a um, mastery over nature that is that is that is uh unparalleled and um it's not like we are at the top of the food chain we're sort of out of the food chain we sort of control the food chain from a separate space right we're way above the food chain like we we're disconnected from the food chain we're not in the chain of food we're disconnected from it um, we control the chain of food right like, for example, a shark is at the top of the food chain. Um, but he's still in the food chain. He doesn't, like, rule over nature. Um, and still, like I'm saying, we don't have the capacity to control the ocean, per se. Um, <clears throat> control the, the planetary spin as we fly through the galaxy. But, but we do have the ability to rule a certain domain and to manipulate nature and so as we move through this life what we have to come to terms with is that toggling that balance between being in nature being a part of nature being an extension of nature and then also having that rule that that sort of kingship over nature and and making it function for you and if you make nature function for you it's going to provide for you in very great ways and in fact it really it really wants to provide for you like nature is made almost for humans to cultivate it it actually is made for nature for humans to cultivate it um in the deepest sense <clears throat> in the bible that's how it describes it and um, you can see it, you know, uh, very clearly. Once man starts getting involved with it and you can start to bring out these latent qualities within stuff, then things start producing. Okay, fine. So, you know, it doesn't happen accidentally. That happens with man's involvement. And, and uh, so we have a connection and a relationship to this nature, and we also have a connection and relationship that is relevant to a sort of king, a king uh, ruling over a land, right? And so you can be a good king and you can be a bad king. A good king looks one way, a bad king looks one way, right? Like a bad king is a tyrannical ruler, and that's how some people rule over nature, that's how some people rule over their lives. And there's also good kings who the entire kingdom loves that king. That ki 
that per, the, the kingdom will die for that king. That's, there's a difference. And kingship doesn't mean a bad thing. We've rarely seen good kingship in our lives. In, in this lifetime in the 21st century, we haven't seen much good kingship. Um, we've seen, we've heard stories, we've read stories about these good kings, but we've never really seen one. And, um, but they exist, and and it's it's not to take away from the reality that a there are good rulers out there, and when you have a good ruler or a good leader, as we might call it, um, <clears throat> the company or the organization or the kingdom. Uh, is going to really love that person and respect that person and die for that person because that's their king and that king makes sure that that person eats at the end of the day. At the end of the day, that, per- that, that king is making sure that his kingdom is taken care of. He's the responsible factor for the entire kingdom. It all kind of sort of rests with him. And so we all have that. We all have a level of kingship in our lives. It's just a matter over how big, over what, and how well you're doing with that, right? So on the lowest level, you have kingship over yourself. On a little bit level, greater level, you have kingship over your child, right? You have a rulership over your child. You're not the friend of the child. You are not the... <clears throat> a father is not a friend of the child. A father is there to grow and cultivate and raise a child up and give him and instill him with the right things. It's not his job to be the friend or the the guy who's always, he makes the child happy. That's not the job of the father. father the kid has to know that his father loves him. The kid has to know that it's coming from a very deep loving space and that the child is really loved. He has to know that he's loved. But the father's job is to bring that child up, and that requires a lot of discipline. That requires a lot of boundaries, trimming, hedging, making sure that that child's going in the right direction and not going in the wrong direction. Right? You have a kingship over your child on a on a sort of lower level, on a great on a little bit of a bigger level, over your family, over extended family, over um, a company, over a community, over a country, over the world, right? So there's varying levels of kingship. Um, <clears throat> and our ability to connect with that element of kingship as it relates to nature is going to bring us into the space where we can have a healthy coexistence with nature and bring it up like we would bring up a child in the right way, in a healthy way, in a beautiful way where it's coexisting, where we're both bringing something to the table, bringing value to the table, we're both serving our roles, and you can take and lead something in a direction, bring out its latent qualities, its latent powers, its latent gifts, and really bring that up um, from its raw, raw state, raw self. And so when people out there in the world nowadays want to go and return to this rewilding, a lot of the times they'll just go back into like totally loose, wild, whatever, 
because it's an oscillation from the completely tamed um, sort of, how do you call it, like society of with which, with which we, we, we've grown up in, right? So, so people grow and are raised in these societies nowadays that the, the hedges are trimmed and the lawn is kept and the car is this and you need to do this and you have to be this and you move like this and you can't step out of that line. Don't step out of the line. You can't express yourself. Don't do that. That's not what we do. Even though it's completely against your nature, you have to sit down in a classroom for eight hours, nine hours a day. You have to get good grades. You have to do all these things. All these things are imposed upon these people nowadays. Everything's so disconnected. The technology is making people go crazy. The priorities have become crazy. Drugs now are the answer for everything. ADD medicine, marijuana, uh, Xanax and NyQuil and all of these are like, hey, you want to fix your problems, take a pill. And, <clears throat> and it's a big problem because you're really disconnecting. So the, the, the trend is, is that well, people will go and oscillate very far onto the other side and go, okay, I'm going to completely tether into the wildness of this, of this life because that exists too. And that's not necessarily the best path to take, but from that person's perspective, if they don't have deeper wisdom, and the way that you get deeper wisdom is not by just coming up with it all on your own, you get deeper wisdom by tapping into wells that have the waters of deeper wisdom. And that would be something like the Torah or the Bible or um, these older ancient lineages. The Bible is not like some, like we have a sort of association with it, I think, in America. Um, and across the world is like some like thing, organized religion, something like this. You have to understand that there is so much deep lineage wisdom that is tucked into the corners of every single little letter within the Bible. The Bible's original script is not in English, it's in Hebrew. And when you go and you read it and understand it in Hebrew and then break it down, it's so, it's infinitely deep and complex. The Hebrew, the English translations are, are a bastardization of what it is. And then when you go and you try to, it's not the real thing. <clears throat> it's like telling a story about a well with water as opposed to actually drinking the water from the well, right? So, so, Without these deeper wisdoms, it's almost impossible to move into these spaces with where you can have a healthy balance and take the right track. But this is the trend where people will go and they'll oscillate far onto the other side, have that big swing, look to rewild, or whatever they want to call it, and and they'll try to find connection there, and they will certainly find a certain type of connection there, of course, because when you go back into nature, you're having a certain level of connection, but you're not connecting in the deepest way that you can. You're sort of swinging to the other side of, of the pendulum, but you're staying sort of on the same, like the string that you're swinging on is the same length. You're just going to the other side, so it's sort of a, it's like a different, it's a different feel, it's a different, you know, vibe, it's a different energy, it's a new connection because you're on the other side of the pendulum swing. 
So it's new, you haven't been on this side before. It's a new thing, you're growing from just having the new experience, but your string's the same length. When you have the deeper wisdom, your string gets longer and you connect into the deeper spaces of life. Okay, so what we're looking for really at the end of the day, if you ask somebody, they'll say, I wanna connect you know, into the deeper things. Okay, and if they're not saying that right away, just ask them a few questions and then they'll finally get to that point where they're saying, I'm connecting into, I want to connect into the deeper things. Even if they're not consciously aware of it as they're moving through life, that's what they want to do, right? People who want to just like sit around and enjoy things all day, they want to connect, they want to feel good. Okay, what's feeling good? You know, you want to have a good experience. Okay, what's having a good experience? I want to like have like the, you know, best sensations I can. Okay, what's the best sensations that you can? Where do you get the best sensations that you can? You know, if you want to get the best sensations that you can, you go into the deeper places in life. So, um, when you connect into these deeper places, they will bring you and facilitate a much deeper experience, one that you're connecting into the wellspring of life. And, and that is beautiful and powerful um, and not very available to a lot of people. Um, so that's what part of this endeavor for this podcast and, and what my content is all about is to try to make that available. It's not my, it's not my content. This is, these are not my words per se. They're, they're, they're just, I'm just one link in the chain, this extension of the, the lineage. That's what's happening here. And so when we're able to tie into that, we can see how. We have two sides of the pendulum swing, and they're both right in their own sense. They're just, they're just undeveloped, or they're overdeveloped. They're not balanced, and they're not coexisting um, as a full ecosystem. So we'll have complete unbalanced, or rather, I'm going to call it... Um, you know, uh, let's say overdeveloped or an overreached or an over, you know, extension into one side, which would be um, creating a culture and a society and, um, uh, and this type of thing, a cities and all of this. That's, that's, that, is, that is man's rule over nature. But it's not done in a very healthy way. You see where we're at nowadays. Society is not healthy. Period. End of story. (laughs) Done. Okay. Okay. It might be big. It might be loud, but it's not healthy. I I think that's a, I don't even know if I have to argue that, but I'll just throw a couple of facts out there just to lay the point down, which is divorce rates are incredibly high. Suicide rates are incredibly high. Drug rates are incredibly high. Depression rates are incredibly high. Anxiety rates are incredibly high. People are people don't know what they're doing in life. All of these things are not the um, symptoms of a healthy society. So in the West, Western culture, we have a very great kingship, rulership over this natural world, but it's not done in a healthy way. It's not done with healthy rulership. Okay, that's one side of the pendulum swing. The other side is the complete immersion into the wild nature elemental self. And that's also an overextension, an overreaching um, attempt at connecting with the world and achieving those deeper states of reality. 
And, and the way that we're supposed to do that is supposed to bridge that gap. That's what the garden is, folks. That's what, that's what it is to be having a garden in your life and for you to be the garden, right? For you to be the garden, but also literally you, you, to have a garden, you know, to have like an actual farm, to have an actual piece of plot of land of earth that you work, that you get up in the morning, that you do like in reality, like to have that and to have that in your life and to rule that and then to cultivate that and to bring that out and to treat and to be the best farmer and gardener that you can and to love your land and to love and to love and to be grateful to the universe for providing everything and and to be connecting and cultivating and loving your animals and loving your plants and loving your space and and raising a beautiful healthy family you are raising this thing up from a higher space you are connecting in with nature. You're bringing out the latent qualities and powers of something. You are deeply tied in with the natural world, but you're also ruling over it. But you're doing so in a way where your rulership is beautiful and it's healthy and the entire system loves it. It's a win, 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 win. Everything's winning. That's how we do that. That is how you exercise this rulership, this kingship, at, while being tied deeply with nature. And if you look at child development, especially, I mean, early childhood development, but you know, I did teenagers, everything, the whole, the whole gamut, childhood development, they need this type of thing. <laughs> Not just want it, they need this type of thing. As a child, anybody who's a parent will, will see and know that What's the child do? It's just doing nothing but constantly experimenting. All they're doing is picking stuff up and looking and analyzing and tasting and biting and sniffing and, and, and chewing and lying on something and testing something and testing your boundaries and testing where the boundaries are at and seeing how it works. A curious child will be opening something up, trying to see how it works, and then he'll just drop it and put it down, right? So the problem is with a child, if you're in a completely... Um, like human space and there's no like connection to nature we're in culture we're in society and it's completely you're in a home you're in a house and everything is like made by humans um, then when you break something it falls apart that's the difference when a human makes something it'll break and it'll fall apart when God makes something it'll it'll continue to thrive it'll grow it'll break but then it'll be fulfilled it'll be regenerated and reborn because it's alive. When we make something, it's dead. God makes something, it's alive. So, um, so when a, ch a child goes out and experiments and plays with the world, instead of like destroying the world because you're in a dead environment, so when you pull something, you know, you pull something off, that's it. It's dead. It doesn't ha It doesn't go back unless you forcefully put it back, or the human puts it back, or you know, the parent or the cleaning lady or somebody puts it back, but it requires a direct replacement. Whereas with nature, you can let the child go and explore and pulse a branch off and see what happens and drop the branch and then that's it. And then nature will digest the branch and then the tree will grow a new one. And, and there's no harm, no foul at all. The kid's only growing. He's learning. He'll pull apart a, uh, um, a leaf, he'll look at it in the sun, he'll see, he'll analyze it, he'll start to pull up clods of grass, see what's underneath it, see the bugs crawling around. 
you know, a little bug will like crawl on his arm and he'll look at it and analyze it and then he'll see how, you know, what it's doing. And, and there's room for him to grow, experiment and to play and to learn and to laugh and exercise his expanding consciousness and his expanding energy. His, his, his energy in terms of like physical energy is like constantly expanding. He needs to be eating and sleeping and running and moving and jumping and thriving. And his brain and his curiosity is constantly expanding. He's learning things. He's learning language. He's learning how humans are relating. He's learning how things are building and constructing and coming together, how they work together, how they weave together, how, what happens with flow and, and the way that the world moves. And all of these things are coming together in his whole entire waking consciousness all at the same time. And so it's, you need to put him in an environment where he can do that and not be punished for doing that. You understand? So if he's in an apartment, okay, let's snap into New York City in an apartment in Manhattan and you have a child and he's in the apartment. What does that, what does that look like? It, it pro- I mean, I, I've never done it before because I choose not to live in that place, but I, I would imagine it looks like a nightmare and I know it looks like a nightmare. The, the parents are exhausted. The, I mean, completely exhausted because the child is crying. He's always throwing fits. He's picky. He needs this. He needs that. He destroys something. He makes a mess. Then the parents have to clean it up. And there's no, there, it's not a space. It's not a forgiving space. It's a very fragile space. And it's, it doesn't regenerate on its own. It needs your complete upkeep at all times. You know, or a maid's complete upkeep at all times, or you need to be, you know, there's, it's not a, it's not a regenerative environment. And so for, for children, especially, this is a a really important um, factor to be in a space where they can experiment and grow and, and do so with a low, um, how do you call it? Um, low like a low cost factor or a low risk factor right of like i can the kid you can let the child outside and you can let him run around all day and you can have schools and and nice professional outdoor schools or an indoor school or whatever and let them get their energy out and explore and learn and teach them all the skills that they need for life um, but you can do so in a way where they're expressing and growing and experimenting and learning and thriving. Um, and there's very low risk in a factor because they're doing it outside with nature. They can do things and, and then they'll come inside and they're tired, they're exhausted and they'll eat and they'll pass out. And that's, you know, as opposed to they're crying and inside and going crazy. I remember what it was like to be a child in society it sucked <laughs> it was horrible i mean it was hor- i couldn't stand it i was going crazy when i was a child and rightfully so because you're in an environment that is not conducive for growth whatsoever going to school going home doing homework going and doing all of these things that you have to do because that's the way life is is not conducive for a child for growth not for their health, not for their happiness. You're trying to take a six or a seven-year-old boy or girl and sit them in a class all day 
sit down for nine hours. I'm going to teach you the way the world works. It's insane. It's insane to think that that's actually how you're going to raise children to be the best possible people, you know, that they possibly can be. It's madness. And the way that they learn is they learn hands-on, firsthand, not through theory. And so the way that you do that is you bring them into a space where they can do that. If you have a physical space where you are the master of that space and you can bring them into that space and oversee that space in a safe, healthy, productive way where you know that they're going to be okay, that you know that you're gonna, they're going to be safe. You've removed all of the risk, at least as much risk as you possibly can, right, without just, you know being like a paranoid um, individual, right? You've made it safe and you bring them into that space and you let them experiment and grow in a natural setting with a garden, with a farm, with outdoor setting, with animals, with, you know, gentle, kind and, and, and polite and beautiful animals that they can get to know and learn how to use and learn how to work with and take responsibility, take responsibility over certain animals start taking care of them, feeding them, um, cleaning out their pens, learning what it means to be responsible for something else, taking care of plants, harvesting, taking that inside, feeling the connection between the whole system. I mean, that is an invaluable experience. And some of the best people I've ever met in my entire life have all come from farms, <laughs> you know, and, and, and there's a reason for that. It's not accidental. And so, so, yes, what I generally talk about is the analogy for a garden, but it's also so semblant into our life that it, it, it has to be, you know, like it has to be there in some way also as, a, as in, in a literal sense. Um, and then it moves and translates into a, an analogy as well for our internal space. But in our external space, it's there. You, you know, you're living in a garden and, and what does that mean specifically? It means that you're connected with nature and you're ruling over it. And, and that's a powerful place to be in. You're not completely just like a wild animal running around in the woods because you're not that you're a human being and you can be more than that. And you don't have to completely sever your connection and live in a 37 um, floor apartment in you know, wherever, New York, and completely be disconnected from the world. Um, there, there's, there's a way to do both. And, and it's really important for us to be reconnecting because it's how we get our energy. It's how we move through life. It's how we become balanced. It's how we become responsible. Um, and it's how we raise our kids to be good kids. Uh, I see it all the time. I see it all the time where kids want more. They want more. They do it for your, don't do it for your sake. Do it for your kids' sake. I mean, they want more out of life, for crying out loud. They want more than just being in a white room all day. It's like they're in an insane asylum. Like, are you kidding me? I remember what it was like to be a child in this world, in this society. They stuff you with ADD meds and tell you to shut up and sit down and look at these math equations. And you're like looking at the parents like, have you guys all gone mad? Like, what is wrong with you? What happened to you guys? Why are you, why are you shoving me with drugs and telling me to sit down in the seat? Do you know how unnatural that is? 
it, it, is, it is human rulership gone into a crazy place. And um, we've disconnected. And so it's our job, it's our responsibility now to reconnect and come back into a place where you're still a human. You're not completely rewilding and just running around in the woods naked and just sleeping with everything that walks. You're still a human and you can still have your dignity and you can still be a king. You can still be a queen, but you are, you're, you are an extension of nature, but you are, you are really a higher level of that. And you can bring out the better qualities of nature or you cannot, or you can ruin nature. So there's, there's, a, there's a famous line from a Jewish sage that said, there's a specific word that was used in the Bible, and they interpret it to be, to me, like, why did they use this word? It was because it was within a context. I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but the quick thing is, is that um, if you're Jewish and you're interested and you want to know, let me know, um, reach out to me. But uh, it's, it comes from... Basically, this word means it, you're ruling over nature, but if you're not ruling, then nature's going to rule over you. And we see that that happens. You know, we'll see that things will get so crazy and unbalanced that like a massive like plague will come through and like wipe us all out because we're so unbalanced. You know, we're so stuffed into these like apartment boxes, these buildings with like holes in them to breathe that like you know, one person gets sick and the whole building gets sick and then people start dying because they're unhealthy. They're living in homes and smoking cigarettes and eating fast food all day. Like, obviously, something that comes through is going to wipe people out because it's, we've built ourselves up to be weak, but we, because we have a, it's like a fat king who sits there on his chair on his throne all day and commands people around. He's weak. He's just, he happens to be the king, right? So we happen to be the king. So let's make ourselves strong. Let's make ourselves strong. It's time to do that, guys. It's time to start taking responsibility and moving and deepening the string on that pendulum swing. You know, you, you are both, really. Um, and to find that middle and to find the balance and to find the connection between both sides of that swing and say you are nature and you are an extension, you are an extension of nature and you can rule over nature in a way that is, in a way where nature wants you to rule over it, in a way that you are the responsible king, that you are the person who watches over it and guards, you are the guardian of nature, you can cultivate it to be something beautiful um, and bring out the latent powers and qualities within that. Certainly of nature, certainly of yourself, certainly of your children, certainly of the society. So let's go and do it and let's uh, uplift this world, guys. I'll talk to you tomorrow.